and welcome to a newsflash episode of Unpacking the Case, the podcast by David Jones-Bold, the real estate law specialist. As always, I'm joined by our head of legal training, Richard Snape. Hi, Richard. Uh, hi, Lizzie. And how are you? I'm good, thank you. And you? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Good. So this is a newsflash episode, again, about the Building Safety Act, um, mm-hmm. because there have been yet more developments. Um, and in particular, we're talking about the Building Safety Act Leaseholder Protections England Amendment Regulations 2023, with lots of the background about what you're going to talk about today. Yeah, it's the dreaded Building Safety Act. We have talked about it before, but it won't be the last time, I suspect, and it won't be the last time I'm talking about amendment regulations. Uh, it's obviously post-Grenfell legislation, but uh, some parts of it, Part 5, which is the Leaseholder Protections, I guess not, Lizzie, is the most terribly drafted legislation by a long way I've ever had to talk about. And that's from somebody who had stamp duty land tax and additional dwelling surcharges. Uh, And uh, they really need to start afresh and not keep amending it. I thought I'd actually, I've been, this has been much of my life this last year as the Building Safety Act, and in particular part five. And a lot of the times I've been talking about it really in relation to people purchasing leases and, and residential conveyancing. But I wanted to deal with this from the point of view of the landlords, because um, there's so much confusion. And they've made it, they've managed to make it a little bit more confusing at the beginning of August as well. Um, and, uh, so it is going to be from the point of view of landlords and, uh, and not uh, purchasers of domestic leasehold premises. So do you want to refresh our memories on the law as it stood up until these amendments came into force? Well, yeah, I mean, that takes a while, actually. And it's you can't do it justice in what's, you know, a podcast, basically. And it's not comic gold either. The background, I mean, basically, people miss this. Um, if you've got a, a residential block, including mixed use, uh, which is 18 metres or more in height, in relation to... Uh, life critical fire risks external combustible cladding basically uh the government's resurrected a year ago just over a year ago now the building safety fund whereby they should eventually pay and remedy you know the 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 external cladding combustible cladding um or perhaps something else that's worth mentioning which happened uh, recently as well is if uh, the building is 11 meters or more in height uh you know residential mixed use um any life critical external you know uh, fire safety issues and basically again external cladding combustible cladding should be paid for by the developers collectively since i was last talking about it beginning of july july the 4th there's been something called the um building safety responsible actors scheme uh, and prohibitions regulations that have uh, come into force whereby the larger buildings who've got net profits of 10 million pounds or more in the year ends 2017 to 2019 uh, they have to sign up to um, building safety uh, uh, remediation contracts developers remediation contracts under threat of if they don't there's provisions in the building safety act in sections 128 and 129 they can't get planning permission but for all but the smallest developments, 10 or less houses, basically, or dwellings. Um, and if they've got existing planning permission, they won't get building control certificates. 
Uh, so that's been happening of late. And last I heard, we're on August the 17th today, it's August the 14th last I saw, 16 of the builders has, have signed up, the, the larger builders. There's quite a lot of others who will have to sign up or lose their planning permission. Um, so that's one thing that's happened. But uh, the leaseholder protections and caps on service charges, people, I've talked to so many people who don't appreciate this. It's over a year since it came into force. Uh, they don't apply to the removal of combustible cladding. If it's 11 metres or more in height, the government, the developers, uh, the government safety, uh, building safety fund or the developers remediations fund should pay for it. Uh, any other safety work, other fire safety, structural safety, collapse and so on. Um, the starting point is if the landlord uh, was the developer or associated with the developer, then they couldn't charge via service charge. Um, if the landlord wasn't associated with the developer, the next stage is if they met the contribution condition. This is what's really been causing issues um, for the larger landlords in particular, in that um, on February, I should have also stressed everything crystallises bizarrely on Valentine's Day, February the 14th last year. Do you know why they chose Valentine's Day? What could be more romantic than... <laughs> it, it, because the Department of Leveling Up are very romantic people. Um, but uh, they... I won't, I won't even go into the detail of, uh, of this, but uh, it, everything's met. It's not the, whether you had associations with the developer today, it was whether the then landlord on February the 14th, 2022 did. Uh, or if you met the contribution condition as a landlord on February the 14th, 2022, in the you together with all your associates um, throughout the world would um, have uh, well net profits per effective building of more than two million pounds uh, you know sort of at that time um, if you're not meeting the contribution condition then the next stage and none of this has really changed is that the landlords can't charge via service charge for safety work this is only 11 metre or more in height buildings, um, as is the, you know, the landlord, whether they've met the contribution condition. They can't charge if the flat was worth uh, less than £175,000 or £325,000 in London on um, February the 14th, 2022. And it's got to be a qualifying leaseholder, which... Uh, would take an hour to describe in its own rights, and that's perhaps for another day. If the flats are worth more than that in February the 14th, 2022, and it's a qualifying leaseholder, then there's a maximum cap of £10,000 uh, in any 10-year period going back five years from when it came into force. So five years from June the 28th, 2017, or £15,000 in London maximum service charge for safety work. If your flat's worth more than a million, it's 50,000. And if you happen to be in a flat worth more than two million, like your place in Bristol, Lizzie, it's a hundred thousand pound cap. Um, they, um, so that's some of the background, but again, nothing particularly new. The, the whole of the legislation requires a lot of information to be passed on when flats start to be sold post-February the 14th, 2022, to find out the landlord and associates and what their net worth is and what the value of the flat was. 
which is why uh, in July of 2022, these landlord certificates and leaseholder deeds of certificate were came into, into being. And uh, landlords, uh, again, uh, leases of flats, 11 blocks, 11 metres or more in height or five storeys. I should have perhaps stressed that if it if less than 11 metres, they're alternatives. Then um, they, um, they have to provide these dreaded landlord certificates historically with all the information about associated companies and, you know, certified accounts and all these kind of things. There's lots of landlords who aren't there who've got together with their associates a net worth of more than £2 million, unquestionably. And there's lots of landlords out there who don't want to charge via service charge. And there's lots of land, you know, for, for safety work, and there's lots of landlords who are associated with what are the developers out there, but they still have to provide these landlord certificates. Um, I've come across examples of major landlords uh, who throughout the whole world have got uh, literally hundreds of associated companies and this incredible burden to provide this information with no real sanction at the end of it. And um, they, you know, I'm not sure happy is the word, but they're quite prepared to pay for safety work via, via service charge. Um, you know, and they obviously um, meet the contribution condition. Um, the uh, If you don't... Uh, you know, provide the certificate. Well, before August, there were four situations where you had to provide the certificates uh, to qualify and leaseholders. Uh, one was you had to provide the certificates before you could charge via service charge for safety work, again, 11 metres or five-storey high buildings. Two would be within four weeks of finding out that the flat is going to be sold. Uh, four weeks of a request of the, by the leaseholder or within four weeks of uh, of uh, finding out there was further safety work to be done. Um, that's what the uh, building safety, leaseholder protections, etc. regulate, uh, England amendment regs have dealt with. Long way of getting there. It's got to have etc. in it because there was some... Yeah, that is the key. February, if you remember anything from today's podcast, it's that. <laughs> in February, there were some building safety leaseholder protection amendment, England amendment regs, uh, which uh, sort of uh, which um, changed some fundamental flaws in the original legislation, and now they're changing a few more. I should also stress all this is England. Perhaps I should have stressed this at the beginning. What is the situation in Wales? Well, bizarrely, the Building Safety Act uh, applies to England and Wales in its entirety, but the Welsh Government were given um, the right to uh, have delegated powers to decide on the height of the buildings. And we're still waiting for a decision. I mean, the Roger Morgan, the, you know, the First Minister in Wales, back in May, said that um, they don't intend to bring them in in Wales. Uh, they've got no choice, they, but uh, we haven't a clue what's happening in Wales. He did say that uh, Wales doesn't have the same problems with with uh, blocks of flats of 11 metres or five storeys in height as England does. He's never, ever, never looked out of the windows at the Welsh Assembly building and seen what Cardiff Bay is like nowadays, obviously, because it's nothing but. <laughs> um, but uh, they, uh, anyway, 
There's some bad news for landlords and there's some good news for landlords. They've actually, as I mentioned earlier, managed somehow to make it even more complicated. Um, but uh, landlords have to provide landlord certificates, 11 metres or more in height, five storeys or more, uh, even to non-qualifying leaseholders. I can't see there's much of a sanction if they don't, but uh, they should do so. Um, and... Um, they also there's another situation where they have to provide within four weeks, and that's if they ref um, they um, receive a, a new leaseholder deeds of certificate which has got information in it which wasn't in the original landlord certificate. And there's a brand new landlord certificate that came into effect on, on August the fifth is when the legislation came in, day after Parliament went to, into summer recess. And you should be using the new landlord certificates. August the 5th, the Saturday in August, is not a good time to announce new legislation because everybody will miss it. But there is this brand new landlord certificate. What they've basically done, and I won't go into detail because you'll all fall asleep, um, is you know sift the information that has to be provided in the landlord certificate to meet the kind of transaction. So there's 10 different types of information and six different types of transaction where you don't have to provide all the information, if you like. Some guidance did come out on August the 10th, and they do have a table of what information has to be provided and what circumstances. And if you are a landlord or you know involved in the management of these blocks, I'd have a look at the table for the details. But most notably, uh, if the landlord accepts responsibility you know, for the safety work, doesn't intend to add the cost of service charge, or the landlord uh, meets the contribution condition, you know, they and their associates uh, have a net worth of you know, £2 million, more than £2 million per effective building on February the 14th, 2022. Uh, you don't have to provide the supporting documentation, um, which does actually make some sense, but there's all various gradations, like if you do meet the contribution condition, but you don't accept liability. You have to provide evidence of the group structure still and that you weren't associated or joint venture. So if you're dealing with the management, I'd have a look at uh, the table uh, and have it in front of you from the guidance. Some of the guidance does contradict what's in the regulations, which doesn't help. But that's the Building Safety Act for you. Thank you for that, Richard. Are there any other developments in the Building Safety Act worth mentioning at this point? Yeah, well, there's things like the registration of high-risk buildings in England that started in April, 11 metres or more in height with at least two residential units, or 18 metres or more in height with at least two residential units, or seven or more storeys. Um, and, uh, you know, with criminal offences attached to it, that's probably for another day. You've got until October the 1st to register with the building safety regulator. The other thing in the amendment, the et cetera amendment regulations, though, is there's a huge pitfall for landlords, which I better sort of finish off with, that uh, if you either, well, if you um, send a landlord certificate where appropriate, or receive a leaseholder deed of certificate within a week, uh, you should pass it on to any right to manage company, any residence management company, uh, and um, a named manager, somebody who's named, who's not the freeholder or landlord, but named as being responsible for repair and maintenance. Uh, if you don't do so, you can't charge for safety work via service charges. 
Um, and that includes not just qualifying leaseholders, but non-qualifying residential leaseholders. You, you, there's going to be huge numbers of claims. Uh, so people just haven't been warned about this. And it won't be the last time we have to talk about amending the Building Safety Act. Well, thank you. I look forward to our next conversation about it. Yeah, we'll <laughs> certainly do it one day. Thank you very much, Richard. And thank you to everybody for listening. We'll see you again in our next episode.